Welcome to the Indiana Basketball Source Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Andershock. Uh, we'll be back in the Shark Tank today, joined by Jeff Shanley. This is our first podcast of the 2017-2018 season, so we'll go through a few of the top players heading into this year, as well as the top teams heading into this 2018 season. At this time, let's bring in the Shark, Jeff Shanley. How's it going, Trevor? How we doing? I uh, love to be back in the Shark Tank. Uh, it's good to be back here getting ready for another fine year of Indiana high school basketball. Looking forward to all the storylines that are come out over the next few months. Looks like a wide open season, Shark. No uh, big time favorites in really any of the classes. Yeah, I think that was one of the more interesting things. I'm trying to think of, you know, looking at tournaments and things to, to go to, shootouts and things. There's no one team that you just a must see, I think. A team that has a chance to, you know, maybe finish the year with one or two losses. I think you can see a few teams making deep runs with five, six, seven losses in the postseason. And that's kind of been the case the last couple of years here. Really, it's been wide open. And, you know, who gets the best draw, who's playing well at the end of the season kind of determines who wins that state title in each class. Exactly, yeah, especially with, you know, upsets happening. Teams maybe get a little bit easier path than they would uh, have thought of when the tournament started. So let's go ahead and dive right in, take a look at, our all-state teams, uh, the top 25 players, at least on our all-state teams heading into this basketball season, our 15 all-state selections. We'll start off with DeAndre Goldston from Gary 21st Century, a player who could be one of the best in Class 1A this year. I know you're a big fan of the slashing wing from up there. Yeah, he signed with Kent State in the early signing period. There was some debate if he was going to end up signing with them after being committed for a while, but he did sign. Yeah, especially at the 1A level. I mean, there's not too many guys that Golson's going to be having trouble with. Good 6'4", um, pretty much 15 feet at the end that will step out and hit a wide open three, but really dominates around the paint area. Good rebounder, plays with some tenacity. He's going to be another huge year for him. I think he was around like... 24 and 8 last year, somewhere in that range, and probably be a lot bigger than that this year. Yeah, like you said, you just don't see athletes like him with his explosiveness, his ability to, his length and ability to jump and score inside. He can just simply finish over a lot of people on his schedule that they don't have the athletes to match up with him. And Gary 21st made a deep run in the postseason last year. This could be another thing where they get hopefully take that next step and make it down to Indy. Yeah, and I, I would expect them to make a deep run again, at least to semi-state, if not to the state title game, as long as Goldsman stays healthy throughout the year. Okay. Our next selection uh, from here in Indianapolis, uh, recently signed with Miami of Ohio, Maja White, the shooter from Brebuff. Yeah, still was crazy that he didn't have a single D1 scholarship going into July Shark and then ends up with a handful or more offers and, uh, like you said, decides on Miami of Ohio this fall. Yeah, I had a chance to see him back in the spring where it was quiet through the first half of a game I watched and exploded for 23 in the second half, just started hitting each shot deeper than the last. Didn't matter if it was contest or not. He's definitely a kid that, as Jay Bills would say, spurtability, Clark Kellogg. That's Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg, spurtability. Get it right. Um, Preseason rustiness here, Shark. Come on. He can definitely get on a run. And, and for Buffs, you know, we'll talk about them later, but they have a chance to make some noise here in 3A due to some graduation losses of teams in their sectional. He's got a chance to have a big season uh, for Brebuff. Yeah, he really proved to be one of the elite shooters in the country, really, on the uh, Adidas circuit this summer. Well over 40%. I think he was even around close to 50% for most of the summer. I mean, when he gets a little bit of daylight, it's automatic, Shark. Uh, another player here in Indianapolis, I know you've uh, seen a lot of recently, and it's kind of stepped up his game, is Armand Franklin over at Cathedral. Um, somebody who's looking to emerge kind of from under the radar a little bit, poised to have uh, a big year this year for the Irish. Yeah, a strange situation going. Started his high school career at Cathedral, transfers to Fishers for his sophomore year, and now back at Cathedral for his junior year. You don't see that very often. But, yeah, he should be a breakout performer this year. A solid 6'3 wing. 
does a little bit of everything, can defend, rebound, scores well around the paint, but he's really looking to add the outside shot to his game right now. And looked really good. I saw him in practice the other day. Shot looked really good coming off his hand, so I expect him to become a, a knockdown shooter here. Yeah, and he's going to get you know the opportunity to have some looks too because Jerron Coleman, uh, Hunter Jackson, James Franklin, uh, those guys are all going to kind of keep defenses honest there at Cathedral. So it's not like teams can kind of gang up and game plan around Franklin. So he's going to have a lot of opportunities to maybe go against um, some defenses when he has some space based on the other people that the Irish have, and I think that could help him as well. Yeah, and I, I would expect Franklin to be really their leader throughout the year, uh, more of a lead-by-example type of guy, but he's going to be able to produce in so many different areas it's hard for his teammates not to follow that example. One of the best athletes uh, in the state is next up. Um, you're talking about a kid who's got BCS-level football offers, um, will be playing on the EYBL circuit next year, and also was a state finalist in multiple events, uh, the track and field state finals in June. Craig Young, the 6'5 forward from Fort Wayne, Wayne. Relentless athleticism, I think, are two words that I would use to describe him. Yeah, and explosion would be the other one, Shark. He'll, he'll dunk over anybody and everybody, and he wants to get to the rim and do that. So with his size, strength, explosion, I mean, high school level, there's not too many guys that compete with that. He's going to attack the rim at every possibility. Yeah, I saw him uh, – this spring doesn't really look to do much outside of the paint, but he's so quick. His feet are so nimble. He's able to work his way around. Like you said, when he takes off to jump, there's not many people that can go up with him. And he's definitely got the mean streak uh, to try and finish on your head. So just that aggressiveness is, is something it's hard to teach, especially in high school kids. He's definitely got that along with the physical attributes to make do with, that aggressiveness so look for a big year uh, for Craig Young up in Fort Wayne and it'll be interesting since football is his better sport if he commits this time next year does he play basketball his senior year that's gonna be something to watch yeah I know he's got offers from I believe IU and Wisconsin among others um, as, a, as a big time defensive end prospect so um, terrorizing quarterbacks on the grid gridiron in the fall. He's going to be terrorizing rims here this winter for Wayne. Oh, big time. Another power forward on our list, rounding out our fifth team All-State selections, uh, is a Indianapolis Howe product. Tony Hopkins uh, should be the go-to guy for Christoph Kendrick's first year over on the east side. Yeah, I think his offensive games progressed pretty well in the last year. It used to be just score around the rim, score in the paint, off rebounds, transition, but over the summer, he was doing more off the dribble, hitting some pull-up shots, even stepping out for three. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if that carries over to the regular season. If so, I mean, how has to be one of the favorites in 2A this year. Yeah, there's definitely uh, some talent there for the Hornets guard-wise, and Hopkins is kind of their uh, man up front. But like you said, he's been expanding his game. I know he got a chance to do that with Indiana Elite this spring, kind of just fitting in a bunch of different roles for them. If they asked him to play inside, uh, play the three a little bit, really adding to that game. And he's signed to the University of New Orleans, so I know they're looking for a big year out of him. No doubt. And this is Christoph Kendrick's first year at uh, Howe, so he'll be relying on Hopkins a lot. He's that senior leadership, lead-by-example type of kid. So if he does well, the team's going to do well. Exactly. Moving on to our fourth team, All-State, we already have one player from the Cathedral Irish. Let's pick a second one here, and Jerron Coleman, the uh, big body shooting guard going to Ball State, really just a scorer in a lot of different areas, really a tough cover for defenses. Yeah, he's, he's crafty around the basket, too, not the most explosive player, but has different angles on layups, spin, touch. Um, he likes to get to the basket off the dribble, and then he kind of balances that out with his outside shot as well. Um, it's going to be fun to watch him and uh, Armand Franklin, that combo this year. It's going to be tough for teams to stop two guys, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, area, that can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, usually you're going to have one defender that's pr- that's going to guard the other team's best 
opposing wing, but with both these guys, it's almost you have to pick who you're going to try and stop and who you might let go, and that could open things for Franklin and Coleman as well. Yeah, no doubt, Sharp, no doubt. Moving down to our first player from Southern Indiana, might be the last Duncan, maybe, maybe not. Knows, there's probably a few more. But Robin Duncan, the future Vermont Catamount, poised for a big year down at Evansville Harrison as he enters his senior campaign. Yeah, I think he's one of the best playmakers in the state, not only because he'll get into the teeth of the defense, but then he'll set guys up perfectly and lead them to where they need to be, too. Um, his passing ability is elite. And he's added a little bit of uh, outside shooting threat, still not quite where it needs to be for the college level. But he's definitely improved as a shooter over the years. And he's a big guard, too, so it's kind of hard six, to... At least 6'3", might give him 6'4", on a good day shot. Yeah, so he's going to be able to have a distinct size advantage over pretty much everybody down there at the point guard spot, uh, which gives him a, a lot of different dimensions to his game. Yeah, and I think Harrison will be have a pretty good team this year, so Duncan will be leading the way for them. We move... Uh, north just a little bit, but stay in the southern part of the state uh, with our first D2 signee on our teams, Chance Coyle, heading to the University of Southern Indiana from Bloomington South, a kid that's been um, a lot of experience at the varsity level, started playing varsity a little bit as a freshman uh, for Coach Holmes at Bloomington South. He's ready for his senior year. Really diverse uh, game, good tempo to his game. and can score in a lot of different ways. Yeah, over the summer when he's playing with Bloomington South in uh, June, he was doing everything, rebounding, even had a two-hand tip dunk that I'm still shocked about. And then obviously his scoring, shooting was still there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much he has to do for this Bloomington South team. With uh, Anthony Leal, the sophomore, should be ready to step up. But who else is going to be a scoring threat? Um, obviously Philip King's another senior, but Coyle's the one make Bloomington South go. Yeah, and you know Coach Holmes is going to be able to put uh, Coyle in places to be successful. He's one of the best coaches in the state, always um, gets the most out of his kids and has an advantage in all his years of experience. So it'll be interesting to see what Bloomington South does this year. And Coyle, I think, is a really good get for a Southern Indiana program that's very talented right now, and they just keep adding to that. Yeah, Definitely a D1 talent with his shooting ability, and he has a couple D1 offers, decides to go to his dad's alma mater where he won a national title under uh, Bruce Pearl, uh, Southern Indiana. So, big-time pickup for USI. We move up to the region, Valparaiso, a player who I think is uh, definitely poised for a big year. I think you believe that as well. I'm really taking the reins of the Valpo team this year as a junior. Brandon Newman, uh, the wing for them. With the graduation of Trace Ramsey, Jay Bisaki, he's going to be the go-to guy for the Vikings, and I think he's ready for that role. Yeah, you started up his fan club last year, Sharks. So Got to give you props on uh, being early on the bandwagon there. But, um, yeah, a kid that only scored about nine points a game last year should be ready for, you know, 15 to 20 this year. Just a uh, Unique slasher with his athletic ability. There's not too many guys, especially in Indiana, that can do the stuff he does off the dribble. And at 6'3", 6'4", that's really tough to stop at the high school level. Yeah, he's got good body control. He's able to take contact and finish it, find gaps in defenses. Um, a really good athlete, but understands when to kind of slow down and find crevices in the defense instead of just trying to overpower people all the time. Uh, his jump shot's improving, still has some work to do there, but uh, like you said, he's ready for a big jump in production. He's going to be the go-to guy for Coach Kuhlman up there, and I've been impressed by him since I first saw him at the beginning of last year and had a good spring and summer looking to transition that to a good junior campaign. Yeah, a couple D1 offers on the table. Butler took a look at him, so everything's kind of heading in the right direction for Newman. A player that's kind of similar to Brandon Newman, but a year younger, our first 2020 player down in Jeffersonville, Trey Coleman, a person that we had a chance to see over the summer, and we were both blown away by his ability right now and also what he could be in the future. Yeah, I'm just really impressed with his effort level, his toughness. You don't see guys you know, attack rebounds and be relentless at the high school level, especially as a freshman or sophomore. Yeah. 
and he's willing to take contact, he'll bang people. I mean, you don't see that maturity out of kids very much or very often at his age. Um, and then when you add on his athleticism and his skill level, I mean, he's top top of the line type of player. Yeah, I mean, and he doesn't look to shoot very much from the outside, but it's not as if he can't. Yeah, and you that's know. something he really worked out in the fall, too. It looks a lot better coming out of his hand, even compared to the summertime. So yeah. he'll be at least a threat from there this year. Yeah, I know Coach Loose down there is, is ready to give the keys over to Trey. Just a kid, like you said, that just plays hard. You don't see that from, like you said, kids his age, understanding that that's what it takes. I think in the game we saw he had about 12 rebounds, five or six blocks, uh, was flying all over the court trying to make plays for his team. And a kid that is really has a, has a grown sense about his game and yeah, plays he, a little bit older than he is. Yeah, he plays like a college player, basically. He's not scared of getting hit, and he's willing to dish it out as well. High school kids are always scared of contact and think everything's a foul. And so kind of a rude awakening at the next level when those things are play-ons instead of foul calls. Moving on to our third-team All-State selections, a 2019 guard who had a huge spring and summer for the Indy Heat program, looks to take on another big year at Zionsville. Isaiah Thompson, just an all-around very good guard, can create for others as well as get his own shot and score uh, with the best of them. Yeah, Thompson had a handful of, you know, 35 to 40-point games for Andy Heat this summer. That kind of got the ball rolling with D1 scholarships, and that's transitioned into the, the season here. I mean, the key for him is shooting well. When he goes on a slump or something, his production drops down a lot because he's not a guy that gets the basket off the dribble with real consistency against the top-tier defenders. So that his outside shot really needs to open that up for him. When he's on, he lights it up big time, Shark. Yeah, there's no shot that's too difficult for him. Um, and looking at his frame, he could stand to add some strength. He's a little bit taller than his older brother, PJ, but a little bit different build. He's long and wiry. Um, like you said, his shooting is the, the first part of his game. He's capable of getting hot from deep. Uh, we saw that all the way back in his freshman year. And you have to think that the confidence from his play this summer is going to carry over. Uh, to the high school season for the Eagles. Yeah, there won't be a lack of confidence, that's for sure. Sean Busick put the keys in his hands from day one at Zionsville, and this is his third season of kind of being that go-to scorer for them, so he'll be ready to have a huge, huge season. Indiana State got on the board with D'Avion Washington, the hometown product out of Terre Haute South. Another kid that's been around on the varsity level since his freshman year um, has kind of found his way maybe not a direct path in his game but he's become a very productive player down in Terre Haute uh, looking poised for a good senior year and possible run at the all-star team yeah up until this point he's kind of played second option to Jalen Minette and he really you know he accepted that role and did all the other little things now he's going to be the go-to guy it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that transition if he's ready to take the extra defensive pressure or not yeah I mean Minette was one of the big-time scorers in the state last year, but now he's moved on to IUPUI. Starting for them, too, sure. Yes. So how does Washington handle? Obviously, defense is going to be focused on him now, and he doesn't have a player like Minette to get the ball into his hands. He's probably going to have to create more for himself. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that, but I think it's a good pickup for Indiana State, especially get a hometown kid in there. They've had good success with players from that area, so. Gives him a glue type of guy, too. Dirty work, toughness, brings those things that Greg Lansky likes. Favorite of yours, Trevor, heading up. One of the quickest players in the state, and certainly somebody who is poised to have some big nights this year, Johnny Bernard at Merrillville. Yeah, I just think of him as an explosive scorer. He'll rattle off 8, 12 points in a row, really change a game. Obviously, sometimes that goes the other way, gets a little out of control, and TJ Lux has kind of managed that situation in the past, but now he's really going to need Bernard to be consistent and score on a consistent basis every night for him this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at 
their losses up in Maryville, Cam Wilbon, Jonah Jackson, two guys who had been on the varsity low. Malik McMillan, Sharp. Malik McMillan, who's now at Valpo. You know, those are three big, big losses for him. And now, like you said, Bernard's going to have even more freedom um, to score and, and do things on his own. How does he balance that with getting other people involved, running a team, maybe slowing things down when they need to be slowed down instead of playing at that breakneck pace the whole time? It's going to be interesting to see how um, he balances that this year for Maryville because Maryville will play fast, and they'll also they're not afraid to slow it down either. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key to the season for Maryville. How much does it click for Bernard? How much does he – you know, understand the decision-making and tight situations, that will decide if Maryville is one of the top teams in the region or if they just have a mediocre season. Our first, uh, I guess the, the tallest player we've got to so far is Gavin Bazot heading to Duquesne, uh, the senior power forward out of Plainfield. Uh, unique skill set for somebody 6'10", really plays face in the basket, can shoot it. Uh, but I know he's looking to expand his game and do even more for the Quakers this year. Yeah, he's a guy that moves really well for a big guy, and then he shoots it really well. I mean, he has a quick release on his shot, too. That's what I really like about him. Plainfield is really going to need him to you know, up his production even more from last year, even though he had a really good junior year. But if the Quakers are going to be you know, a top team in 4A, Bazil really needs to step up, you know, 20-plus points per game and 10, 12 rebounds a night. Yeah. And he's, like I said, he's a guy who prefers to face the basket. I think he needs to vary that a little bit, be able to go inside, maybe not just true post-ups, but go in, fight hard for those second-chance battles because he's going to be able, with his footwork and quickness, be able to get to balls that a lot of kids probably can't get to first. Yeah, that will be big. No doubt about that, Shark. No doubt. Lawrence North has had this kid on varsity since day one. Kevin Easley going into his senior year really has been a name since even before he played his first game as a Wildcat. Now he's here for his final go-round. I know Coach Kiefer's expecting a lot from him, not just production-wise, but from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Easley needs to be the leader, especially with Antoine Cushenberry going to Warren Central. Easily really needs to be a leader on this team. Set a good example for the younger, talented kids on Lawrence North. And then with his production, also set the tone for him. Kind of score inside to outside instead of outside to inside like he's done a lot of his high school career. If he sets the tone inside, gets a couple easy ones, and then steps away from the basket, I think that's going to lead to more success for Lawrence North this year. Yeah, he's he's a kid who started out playing almost exclusively on the perimeter, but I think he's a really tough matchup on the block with his skill level, um, his movement inside, and his size. He's not a wiry kid at 6'6". He's got very good strength about him, good shoulders, good base, lower body strength. So he's a kid who can definitely punish people down low, especially if you try to put a smaller player, a 6'2 guard on him. Defensively, he really thrives in the post, too. He has good anticipation skills for steals and then good timing on blocking shots, too. So, I mean, I think his his best attributes are actually in the post right now. Moving to our second team, All-State Selections, a player you actually saw earlier today in a scrimmage, um, somebody who is known to basketball people but looking to make a name statewide is junior power forward Mason Gillis from Newcastle. You know, a 6'5 guy. You'd kind of call him a tweener, but he really produces in the paint. Really good rebounder, plays with toughness. And now, you know, he's stepping away from the basket more and more. Shot looks really good. Um, average double-double as a sophomore. So I expect him to have a huge huge season for Newcastle this year. Yeah, and they have some, some additional threats as well with Luke Bumbleo and Nia Williamson. They're going to keep the heat off him, so probably won't face as many double teams as you might expect. And with his ability level, again, he's very quick on his feet, a good second jump, and just a tenacious rebounder. Um, that productivity, even though averaging a double-double as a sophomore, those numbers should definitely uh, skyrocket. I think 20 and 12 is not out of the question for Mason this year. Yeah, and Newcastle gets to move down to 3A, so that makes them a contender in that class. Yeah, they were – very good in, in 4A the past few years, kind of running into uh, the really good Connersville teams in the sectional, but going down to 3A definitely opens up their opportunities. 
another 3A player, one of the best 3A players in the state, just like Maja White, as we said earlier, signed with Miami of Ohio. Uh, the diminutive point guard, Makai Larry, um, don't let his size fool you. Yeah, he just put up monster numbers as a junior, um, 20-something points per game and like eight or nine assists per game. That's pretty ridiculous for the high school level. But, um, yeah, shot over 40% from three as a junior. Can do a little bit of everything, but, you know, he really thrives as a shooter. Yeah, definitely uh, somebody who likes to play up tempo. I know Coach Burkhardt down there is going to get up and go. Made it to the state finals, lost in a tough game to Marion as a sophomore. Then last year, losing a, a really tough game to eventual state champion Crispus Attucks in the semi-state. So he's had postseason success before. Um, look for them to make a run in 3A South this year. They're going to have some good pieces. And like you said, just a, a score that really the jump shot sets up everything. Yeah, didn't he have like 28 in the state title game as a sophomore, Shark? Yeah. So big moments are not going to face him. He made a transition from being kind of playing off the ball as a sophomore to being the main ball handler last year. And that's even going to continue this year. The ball is going to be in his hands every play. Um, so he's definitely going to have an imprint on what Bossy does every time down. Staying in the Evansville area, Alex Hemingway, the junior point guard from Castle, a uh, team that lost a lot of seniors from last year's team uh, that made it to semi-state lost at the buzzer to Ben Davis, the eventual 4A state champions. Alex is going to have to pick up the production here. Um, Jack Nungy obviously going to Iowa. Peyton Mills graduating. He's going to have to step it up more, but I think the spring and summer he's had and the offers that he's got definitely show that he's ready for that. Yeah, I mean, and he can do a little bit of everything for him. Um, he can handle the ball, play off the ball, hit shots, get to the basket, create for other guys. So... I don't think there's any worry about him being able to, you know, take the next step as a player for Castle and make his teammates better in the process. Um, really one of the elite shooters in the state. When he's open, it's pretty much going in, Shark. Yeah, he's played a lot of big games, obviously, with their um, postseason runs uh, the past couple years. Um, they should be one of the better teams in 4A South this year, so look for another late postseason run from the Knights uh, behind Alex Hemingway. Trace Jackson Davis, our uh, first true post player here, the junior from Center Grove, uh, really came on. We saw him in a fall league this October where he was simply dominant. Yeah, his athleticism has really gone to a different level in the last year. Uh, just really explosive, plays above the rim with ease. Um, and then wants to dunk on people, wants to rebound at a high level. And that intensity, I mean, that really turns into production at the high school level. Um, and then when you factor in the guys around him, the shooters they have at Center Grove, he's going to get plenty of opportunities because teams won't afford, be able to, afford to be able to, you know, double-team, triple-team a lot with the shooters at Center Grove. Has. Yeah, that junior class, I know uh, Coach Hunt's expecting a lot from that class. Trace has been there. Um, like you said, his classmates, and it's a perfect situation for him to be surrounded by all these shooters and kids that know that the ball's got to go into them for those kids to succeed. And he's been doing a little bit more facing up from the mid-range, driving past people. Like you said, just the aggressiveness has gone up a level for him. That's the next step, I think, and he's definitely proven to be one of the top 2019s, not only in the state but in the Midwest. Yeah, there's a debate right now who's going to be the better long-term prospect in the state. Is it going to be Trace or Keon Brooks? And Trace has definitely made a strong argument to be, you know, the best long-term prospect. Our last player on the second team, a smooth score from last year's uh, 1A state champs at Tinley, Eric Hunter, heading up 65 to Purdue next year. Uh, but one last go-around, hoping to repeat as state champions. Yeah, and... It's going to be tough to replace a guy like Hunter White, who transferred over to Pike from Tinley. But obviously, Eric Hunter is ready to you know, step up and take over any extra produ production he needs. Um, scored like 25 or 27 points a game last year. Uh, insane shooting efficiency, so I expect the same from him. Um, just a lefty that fills it up from the outside, um, then thrives in transition as well. Yeah, he's definitely added that mid-range game. He's got a good good floater. He's a little bit smooth, not the most explosive kid, but can get to where he needs to go. 
and has a chance to become the all-time leading scorer in Marion County history, which is no small feat when you think of all the talent that's come through Indianapolis, uh, not only recently, but in the past decades. Um, people say he's, you know, he does it at the 1A level, so it's um, not great competition, but Tinley's going to play some people this year, and he's going to have a chance to go up against a lot of big-time talent. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where if there were more than five spots, uh, he would be easily on there. But when you uh, when it's limited to just five players in the whole state, I mean, somebody's going to be left out. And at this point, I think Eric was just that small straw situation, Shark. So now we move on to our first team All-State selections. Uh, we start off with the only junior on our on our team. Led his team to a 4A state runner-up finish last year. Looks to get back to Indianapolis for the legends. The 6'8 do-it-all, Keon Brooks. Yeah, Keon, I mean, he's just a pure scorer, I think is the easiest way to put it. He'll hit outside shots, he'll get out in transition, he'll get offensive rebounds for buckets, he'll hit shots over defenders in the mid-range. Um, he just has that complete offensive <laughs> repertoire, Shark. Um, and then this summer he did it against the best players in the country on the 17U EYBL circuit and performed as one of the top players there. So, I mean, I, last year he had a huge junior year, and without Jalen Butts, I expect him to even go up a, a step or two this year and really dominate throughout the year. Yeah, you mentioned his productivity playing a year up on EYBL. He played as a 15-year-old, uh, some on the 17 so playing two years up. Um, just the experience of going up against those top-level guys all throughout the spring and summer, the last two summers, um, is only going to be able to help him. Um, I think, you know, they expect a lot from Northside. Obviously, they're going to be one of the favorites to come out of North 4A. If so, Keon's going to have to have a big year for them. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing that really trips up Northside, one, they don't have much size this year. Missing Bucks is going to be big. And then how do they come together as a team? There's a lot of shooters and scorers on that team. And if they forget that Keon needs a ball at most times, um, I think that's going to lead to trouble for Northside. But if they do gel and Keon's getting the uh, big shots and at least first look at shots, I think Northside will thrive again. Another player that was a state runner from 4A, this was two years ago, looking to uh, make a run there again. Robert Finnessy, the Indiana Hoosier signee from McCutcheon. A point guard that does it on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I like really how he changes the game defensively. Um, his anticipation skills are off the charts. Uh, guards going against him have trouble just passing the ball. You don't see that very often. Um, and then obviously when he gets that steal, he can turn it into points in a, a quick fashion. Um, but yeah, looking to bounce back from some injuries over the summer. Um, going to be interesting to see how he does this year without, you know, without Hayden Deaton um, graduation and Eddie Collins is gone. So, Fennessey will really need to score more this year. Also, a new coach for them at McCutcheon is Rick Peckinpah retires. Tyler Shear, who had a lot of success at the 1A level at Tri-County, comes down to the 4A level in Lafayette. Um, so, a new coach, new system, but I think Tyler's going to obviously depend a lot on Rob to um, do what he normally does, and it's going to give Rob a lot of freedom. Yeah. That's the, uh, whenever you have a good player, you should probably get him the ball, Shark. Last year's 4A state champion uh, has another player on our first team, Aaron Henry, the Michigan State Spartan to be. The left-hander really came on last year and helped lead Ben Davis from kind of a so-so middle of the year, really turned it on and got high at the right time and ended up uh, with the state championship at the end of March. Yeah, and you got to commend Henry for accepting a role that most high school players wouldn't. Um, as a D1 prospect at 6'5", you might give him 6'5 half. He was willing to play in the post all season for Ben Davis. Most high school kids would complain and want to be on the perimeter. Instead, Henry stepped up, accepted the role, and then thrived in it led Ben Davis to the state title game. So you got to like that about a kid, Shark. Yeah, I think he understands that he he can do a lot of different things. He can score inside because of his athleticism and his strength. Um, it's not just a kid where, 
you know, he's the tallest kid for Ben Davis, so he has to play inside. I mean, he can score really well. He's taken a lot of leaps as a jump shooter over the past 12 to 15 months. Um, so now he's a, definitely a threat from D, making that transition as a, as a full-time wing. Um, and they lost a lot from Ben Davis. You lose uh, Daytron Harper, Jalen uh, Newsom, Josh Brewer. It's going to be on Aaron's shoulders to pick up a lot of that slack. Uh, that's left because of graduation. And a lot of people are talking like Ben Davis has a chance to make it back. It all depends on how much he's going to be able to step up his production. Yeah, well, Henry will obviously even increase his production, but then you got Jalen Windham and uh, DeWan Jones inside. I think they're going to have enough talent to get deep again in the state tournament. But, yeah, it definitely starts with Aaron Henry. One of our favorite players, both of us, to watch over the past few years a scorer, bucket getter in every sense of the word, Demise Anderson from South Bend Riley, has put up massive numbers, even as a freshman. Uh, look for those numbers to just be out of the ballpark here his senior year. Yeah, 1,800 points at the 4A level going into his senior year. Um, when he crosses the half-court line, he's looking to get a shot up. Um, but then over the summer, I was really impressed. He was playing on the EYBL, and... He was willing to defend post players two, three, four inches taller than him, and he did a good job doing it. So I'm kind of interested to see if Eric Brand, you know, infuses that defensive strategy into Riley, see how Demese and the rest of the guys embrace that. And if they do, they're obviously one of the most talented teams in the state and could get deep in the uh, tournament again, Shark. Definitely. I mean, they made it to semi-state Anderson's freshman year, and they, like you said, they have all the tools to be really good defensively with Anderson, Shamar Dillard, uh, another D1 signee, Jalen Jennings, uh, Ryland Grundy, just a lot of kids who, you know, can really defend athletic. Um, The thing that impresses me most about Anderson is his willingness to go after rebounds. He's always been a productive rebounder, especially at the high school level. That's always something you see about kids. He's not always looking to leak out to score. Uh, he's willing to stay back and, and secure the rebound for his team. And like you said, 1,800 points after three years um, is a lot of buckets, and he's going to put up a lot more points this season. Our last player on the first team all stage come as no surprise to who this may be. Romeo Langford, uh, former state champion, New Albany, lost in the regionals last year. Far and away the front runner for Mr. Basketball this year. There's really not too much left to be unsaid about Romeo, but looking to make it back to state and has a chance for the career scoring record if everything goes right for him this year. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole storyline of the season, Shark. Can he break Damon Bailey's all-time scoring record? New Albany will have to get to the state title game for that to happen, and Romeo will need to score 30-33 points per game to do that. Um, And that's obviously doable. He scored almost 31 points a game as a sophomore. So if it's in reach, he'll be able to put up as many points as needed, basically. But can New Albany get out of, you know, regional semi-state and make that deep run? The South is some pretty talented teams this year with Jeffersonville reloading, Floyd Central is solid, Bloomington South and Castle yeah. and all those teams. Not not even the regional. You talk about their sectional with Jeffersonville yeah. and Floyd Central. That's not a cakewalk for New Albany by any stretch of the imagination. You know, and they're going to be tested. Obviously, Coach Shannon brings them up. They're going to have a matchup with Northside here in a few weeks uh, in Indianapolis. So he's going to get a chance to put up a lot of points and play a lot of big-time players. But you, And he's got some talent around him, Sean East, Julian Hunter, so it's not just a one-man show, but when you have Romeo, it can turn into that pretty quickly. And I'm I'm interested to see what type of season he has. Obviously, you know it's going to be big, and it's going to be around 30 points no matter what he does. But after this summer, you know, he kind of fell in the rankings a little bit. He was pretty much consensus, consensus number two player in the country heading into the summer, and he dropped, you know, four to six somewhere in there usually for the uh, national scouting stuff. And Romeo kind of took that as a slight, and I think he kind of refreshed his mindset. So I'm kind of interested to see if that goes into a different level, even from where he was at last year and as a sophomore, if he even takes it up another notch. So those are our uh, five All-State teams here. We'll take a break and come back with some uh, some teams to look forward to to watch this year. 
took a look at some of the best players uh, in the state for this coming year. We're going to switch over to the team side, start with some uh, teams to watch out for in each class. We'll start at the 1A level. I, I think to start there, you have to go with the defending state champions in Indianapolis, Tinley, led by Eric Hunter. Yeah, and we knew this 2018 class was going to be good for a couple of years with Eric Hunter, K.J. Coleman, Joe Johnson, Chris Murph, um, and then Hunter White. Obviously, that group won the state title last year. Now Hunter White's at Pike, so they need to fill a big void. But with those returning guys, with their skill and experience, they should be able to make up for the loss of White. And you saw Sincere McMahon get a lot of minutes last year as a freshman for Tiddler. I think he could step up to a little bit, uh, maybe not the playmaking, the athleticism of Hunter White, but the scoring punch, be that second scorer uh, to take a little bit of pressure off of Eric Hunter as well. Yeah, they should be one of the best teams in the state and definitely in Indianapolis for 1A. Heading up to Fort Wayne, Blackhawk Christian, there's probably not going to be a 1A team that can put out the front line that the Eagles can. I mean, just... No, not many teams, period, can with Jared Hoffer, uh, Caleb First, and Drake Thompson. I mean, that's a huge front line for 4A, let alone 1A. Um, and then you add in Frankie Davidson and Jalen Mole. I mean, that's a heck of a squad right there, Shark. The key is, are they going to try to play those three bigs together with First and Thompson and Hofer? That's a lot to ask. Now, that's a lot of size, but that's a lot to ask those three guys um, taking up a lot of the same space on the court. Yeah, I doubt that will ever happen, Shark, but uh, not in any big situations, at least, maybe here or there for the fun of it. But, yeah, I mean, they have enough guys where the skill is going to be there, and then you throw in the size of a you know a freshman like Caleb First or just the pure strength of Drake Thompson. Um, and then you got the, the playmaker, one of the best playmakers in the state and mall. I mean, that seems going to be fun to watch for any level. Yeah, and they're always going to be tested. They always play a lot of the three and four schools in Fort Wayne. So schedule uh, not going to be a question for Blackhawk Christian. Uh, we talked about one of the players, DeAndre Golston, for 21st Century, but it's not just him up there. Um, they have a good squad here. Made it to semi-state last year. Yeah, Janelle Davis, uh, he was a freshman last year, scored a bunch of points. He'll be back. He'll be that section second option for Golston. Um, with that one-two punch, you expect you know, 21st to have another good year. And Southwood moving down to 1A from 2A, won a very competitive 2A sectional last year. They returned their top four scores led by uh, point guard Carson Blair. Yeah, you could almost make a case that if they stayed in 2A, they'd be one of the favorites in 2A as well. Um, Carson Blair, big-time shooter. He was on our uh, top shooters in 2018 list recently. Um, just lights it up from the outside, consistent score, gets the free throw line and converts there too. He's coming off a huge football season. He was a quarterback for Southwood and had something like 55 touchdowns and three interceptions. So just an overall competitor. He'll bring that to the hardwood this winter, Shark. Yeah, not a one-man team though. Uh, they got a pair of six four forwards in Dallas Holmes and Matt Nose. Uh, Peyton Trexler, another guard to join Carson Blair. Um, like you said, they'd be one of the favorites in 2A. They moved down to 1A, um, and you'd have to think just with their experience, they made to regionals in football, um, assuming a lot of those guys played both sports. So anytime you get a dynamic guard like Blair, you're going to have a chance in the postseason. And they've won in the past, so they have that you know kind of mindset to them. Um, they're going to be real tough this season. Moving on to 2A, let's – Start off in Indianapolis again with Christoph Kendrick's house squad. I know we talked about Tony Hopkins, but some other players to watch out for for the Hornets. Yeah, Kyle Washington, uh, slashing point guard for him. Jeff T. Seltzer uh, gives him a little bit of size from the wing that can shoot it really well. Then a few other guys that are looking to step up this season, but I like that, that group in terms of size, athleticism, um, scoring ability for the 2A level especially. Uh, one of the best teams in 2A last year that lost to Southwood in the sectional is Oak Hill. Uh, they return a ton of productivity from last year. Uh, four seniors, Tice Foltz, David Aaron, Spencer Ballinger, and Caleb Middlesworth. Uh, Tice Frank, I believe. Is, uh, it could surprise a lot of people that Ballinger is the one who led him in scoring last year. 
Um, I think about 18 points a game. He signed with Huntington, and uh, just a guy that can. I know a you bit. really liked his game. Yeah, especially after seeing him at the uh, the Marion shootout last year, where he took over the game defensively. Uh, who was that against? Uh, Northeastern. Yeah, Northeastern. Um, really changed the game defensively. Um, then got it going with his three-point shot as well. Uh, with his size, 6'3", good defender, makes shots, really passes it well. Um, he's a really good player. And then you throw in a guy like Caleb Middlesworth who can step out and hit shots, but then dominate on the block as well. That one-two punch is really tough. Yeah, and I think you hit, touched on a little bit with Ballinger, but the size that they have, you know, Middlesworth at 6'6", Ballinger at 6'4", Tice Frank at 6'3", at the point guard spot, David Aarons at 6'5", or 6'6". And they have size not only in the front court, but on the wing and at the guard spot as well. Uh, when they get the pressuring teams, I think they did that to Northeastern last year, they can take up a lot of the court uh, with their size and also helps them, obviously, on the glass. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving on to Marquette Catholic up in Michigan City, taking a look at their prospects in 2A this year. Yeah, they bring back my cousin Joe Andershock. I think he was around 10 points per game as a sophomore. Um, and then Colin Kenny, I think he was around 18 or 19 points per game. They're both juniors this year. They also have Buddy Jaffe back. Um, it's going to be a solid squad. They put, I think their schedule kind of bumped up a notch this year. They'll play a little bit of tougher regular season schedule, so that should bode well going into the postseason. And then they, they played Frankton to overtime in the semi-state last year. Obviously, Frankton won the 2A state title. By 57,000 points approximately. Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't too far away from you know having a state title under their belt last year. Coming back here to Indianapolis, Cecina on the east side. A lot of guards here in, in play. And a team that always kind of figures out a way to get things done. Yeah, they can put a lot of athleticism on the court, too, with Manuel Brown, Kobe Clancy, Kobe uh, Dillard. Those three should be able to carry the team pretty well. So they'll definitely be a contender to get deep in the state tournament. And the last two-way team we're going to take a look at, a team that's kind of grown up. They won a sectional pretty much as freshmen, I believe, two years ago. Now they're set up here as juniors again, a program that's always been successful, uh, Westview. Yeah, it seems like Westview is always at least to the regional semi-state level, and then, you know, a few years they get to the state title game. But I really like Elijah Hales, another 2019 kid. Um, strong guard that passes at a high level and then makes shots if he's left open. At the 2A level, he can overpower most guards, and, I mean, he can play post with his strength, but obviously a, a true guard, um, and he's put up points, like you were saying, since his freshman year. Moving on to 3A and the gauntlet that is sectional 27, uh, maybe with some new faces in there this year, but it will still be the same same old uh, same old street fight here. Uh, Crispus Addicts, Brebuff, Cardinal Ritter, and Garen Catholic, all in that sectional, all have realistic visions of a state title this year. Yeah, if you want to make a point of seeding the state tournament, I think sectional 27 would be your uh, proving point since you have most of the top 3A teams in one sectional. Some One of the top teams in the state for 3A is going to be out on the first night of sectional, Shark. Yeah, we look at Addicts, and they lose a lot from their state championship uh, season last year. Return Jamal Harris, who has made some strides in his game over the summer. Yeah, one of the best athletes to come through here in the last decade, 50-inch uh, vertical lead. He's improved as a playmaker and as a shooter this year. Um, I think he's going to step up. He was a junior all-star last year, but I think the consistency is going to be a lot better as a senior. And then he has a lot of pieces around him. Uh, Harold Bennett comes in from Southport. He'll be a solid point guard option. Michael Poole will space the floor, hit some shots from the outside. Um and a whole bunch of other wing prospects and, you know, 6'3", 6'4", guys that will rebound, make plays, score in the paint, stuff like that, Shark. We look at Brebuff now with Mijah Whitehead in Miami, Ohio. Definitely not a one-man team. Simon Banks has been a varsity player since his freshman year. Um, they've got some talent there over on 86th Street. Yeah, I mean, that team can really shoot. One through five, whoever they put on the floor can hit outside shots. That makes them dangerous. 
you didn't mention uh, Spencer Rice either. Big time shooter as a 2019 kid. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, they'll move the ball really well and then hit outside shots. I think that makes the game enjoyable. Watch Shark. And when you're bombing threes away, you can beat any team in the state when you're on. Okay. Cardinal Ritter, I know a uh, player you really like, Nate Soltis, um, over there with Coach Moore. Kind of a team that maybe a lot of people might not have heard of in 3A, but definitely a team that's able to. You know, come out of that sectional if they get uh, get hot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, you gotta like their backcourt, uh, led by Shelby Turner. He's coming off an ACL injury, but should be back December, January time frame. At least be ready to go by sectional time. You'd think he'd be hitting full strength. So, long term, I don't think that's gonna be a worry for Ritter. Um, but like you said, Nate Soltis, big wing, the offensive rebound score inside, step out, hit an outside shot, do a little bit of everything. And then Miles Tracy, another 6'5 kid that will actually handle the ball while Shelby Turner's out with the injury. He'll be their main point guard, um, really good passer, distributor, rebounds. Um, so with their combination size, skill, they're going to be tough to beat, Shark. And the last team in that sectional, Garen Catholic coming down from 4A, uh, you look at Jack Hansen as a player who can really um, step up and make a name for himself statewide. Kean Sills as a guard coming up with his first year on varsity last year, now as a junior. Uh, Christian Munson, some size inside. A lot of variance to that roster. Zach Munson, Shark. Zach Munson. But, uh, yeah, with Hansen and Munson, um, their size is obviously going to be really good for a 3A. I think this really comes down to how dominant Jack Hansen. If he just completely puts the team on his back, scores through double teams, rebounds at a high level, hits outside shots, and obviously they're a state contender. If he's not quite able to do that, then you know they, they're just middle of the pack in sectional 27 since it's so loaded. Uh, another team that came down from 4A with a player we talked about earlier is Newcastle. I know you had a chance to see them here recently. Uh, Mason Gillis on the inside, but they have a couple of really talented guards. A couple of kids who had a ton of success on the gridiron this fall. Uh, quarterback Nia Williamson and wide receiver Luke Bumbleo. They kind of switch roles now, Bumbleo being the point guard, Nia playing off the ball. Uh, but those two are poised for big years for them, and obviously Gillis inside. Um, ready for, I think, a, a huge year for the Trojans. Yeah, that trio of Gillis, Bumbleo, Williamson, it's going to be tough to stop. They all can go off the dribble, all can shoot. Um, you got the toughness of Gillis inside, rebounding, defending, diving on the floor all the time. Bumbleo creating off the dribble, hitting outside shots. Um, he's shown really to be a really good pull-up shooter as well. Williamson, not only as a shooter, but also probably the best perimeter defender for them. KU's got some toughness and a really high IQ, knows how to play without the ball. Yeah, that, when you can space the floor like Newcastle can, it just makes it so tough on the defense. If you come over to help, they have guys that are going to make you pay. And Drain, kind of with some a youth movement going on up for the Fighting 59ers, but a talented youth movement at that. Yeah, they bring back Curtis Jones for his senior year. Um, he'll lead the way from the guard position and do a little bit of everything, but... If they're going to be successful, you'll probably see a lot of freshmen contributing for them. Um, I'd put them in the dark horse category, Shark. I wouldn't put huge expectations on them, but somebody to keep an eye on. Just because of their the youth? Yeah, they, they should be a team that progresses throughout the year and gets better by tournament time. Uh, a team that has been there before, Evansville Bossy, obviously behind Makai Larry. Uh, firepower, not a question for Bossy. Yeah, when you have Larry and then Jalen Chin as well, I mean, that's a that's a tough combo, especially at the 3A level. Um, you're talking about 40, 45 points a game right there, Shark. So when you, get, you put those two guards on the floor, their ability to do slash and get into the teeth of the defense puts a lot of pressure on opponents. Our last 3A team also has a pair of really talented uh, players to lead them, Culver Academies with Trey Galloway and Ethan Britton-Watts. Yeah, you talk about those two, and then they have a whole bunch of other guys as well, like uh, Deontay Craig, Nick Heidel, who uh, just played a little bit of varsity time last year, made some big strides over the offseason. But, yeah, it will come down to how much can Trey Galloway and 
Ethan Britton, Watts, Produce, and Craig for other guys. Um, both like to slash more than shoot, really. Galloway's really improved as a driver, gotten more fluid as an athlete. And then uh, Britton Watts just makes a living getting to the basket. But then they keep the defense honest with their outside shooting. So their overall balance of the team is going to be pretty interesting this year, Shark. We move on to take a look at the top teams in 4A. I think we're going to start here with the best player in the state, Romeo Langford in New Albany. Uh, some other pieces that have played a lot. You have sophomore Julian Hunter, who got a lot of time started as a freshman last year, just kind of in that rebounder, defender, athlete role. He's looking to expand. Sean East was a starter as a sophomore in their state title state title wing team a couple years ago. He's back for his senior year. Weapons around Romeo, but they're going to go as Langford goes. Yeah, and we, we talked about this earlier about Langford's year. I think he's going to rebound and have just a unreal season. But like you're saying, it's going to be interesting to see who else can step up. Sean East made a great stride with his decision-making, always been a long-range threat. Um, but then you have, like, Savion Southers, um, Julian Hunter, Blake Murphy, a few other guys that are looking to step up. I would really like to see New Albany go back to what they did Romeo's sophomore year, pressing most of the time. They really didn't press at all last year, and that kind of surprised me. Yeah. With their length, um, they don't have a rim protector if the ball gets past half court, but, I mean, half the time they're going to be getting steals with guys like Hunter and East and, Langford, so I would really like to see him press more, Shark. Yeah, and and I have to think you see Julian Hunter take a step. He kind of just sat back and was out there a lot of the times, just trying to stay out of Langford's way as a freshman, but I think you see him come into his own, give them another slasher, somebody who can get points at the rim, obviously an athletic presence. Um, to start as a freshman on that caliber team says something about what your potential is. I think Jim Shannon really didn't ask too much of him last year. Expect his role to grow yeah. uh, in a sophomore campaign. Like you're saying, he's improved as a slasher a lot. Mostly straight lines still, but he'll get out and transition and be able to handle the ball more this year than he did last year and still kind of give them that rebounding presence as well. We go from the 2016 state champs to the 2017 state champs. Ben Davis Giants, coached by Mark James. Obviously, Michigan State signing Aaron Henry leads the way. We talked about Jalen Windham, obviously now stepping up, coming uh, off a big state title game. He's going to be asked to do a lot more for the Giants. Yeah, uh, Wyndham could be one of those guys that really makes a breakout season. A good player last year for him in a small specialty role as a shooter. Um, I think he'll be more than that this year. He'll look to go off the dribble more, um, be more of a consistent scorer instead of just couple shots here and there like he did last year but then yeah it still comes down to what Aaron Henry can do how efficient he can be last year his, his efficiency was off the charts something like 65 percent effective field goal percentage for the season so if he puts up another year like that expect Ben Davis to be deep in the tournament shark we look at the team Ben Davis beat last year in the state title game. Fort Wayne Northside, obviously led by Keon Brooks. They get Lucas Croft in as a transfer. Brandon Johnson's back. Losing Jalen Butts, one of the, if not the best, true post player in the state last year. Um, really, Austin Boucher. Austin Boucher, they get him back uh, from a year in Maryland as a guard who can really make plays and hit shots. So offense will not be an issue should not be an issue for Northside, but like you said when we were talking about Keon, how they gel a bunch of new and different pieces in there. Um, how do they come together? And it's going to be a different team without Jalen Butts. He really just dominated the paint last year. Every rebound was his. Got a few block shots per game. Most kid, kids were scared to even go in there. Um, so how, how do they adjust to not having him in the middle? The defense has to change. Have to be better at containing the dribble than last year where they could just let guys go have their run at Jalen Butts and have him send it back. So it'll definitely be a different team, but still great talent up there, Shark. Yeah, I think this is a team that could, like you were talking with New Albany Press, I think Northside getting a little quicker even with losing Butts, they could look to turn up the tempo even more. They like to play up tempo last year, but really pick up the pressure defensively. I think that could be an option for the Speaking of defensive, Brandon Johnson's one of the best defenders in the state at 6'2". So, yeah, that would definitely be a good option, I think, Shark. 
Moving up to another offensive power, South Bend Riley with Demise Anderson, Shamar Dillard, Jalen Jenkins, Jalen Jennings, Rylan Grundy. Lose a couple pieces from last year, Maurice Scott and Nate Marino, but still expect a big year out of Riley. Yeah, I mean, they have all the pieces to make another state, you know, semi-state to state title type of team right there, Shark. So, how efficient is Demise? How much does Shamar Dillard and Jalen Jennings step up offensively? How much do they get out of Grundy? Stuff like that will pretty much determine how successful they'll be this year. Stop me if you've heard this before. Carmel, better than their talent may indicate. Uh, I don't know about that, Shark. Uh, They have a lot of talented pieces. But I just like, they don't pretend to want to play a deep rotation, basically. Um, You've always said depth is overrated. I I actually, I did not always say that, Shark. Scott Hedy's teams when they won the state title at Carmel is the one that kind of pointed it out when they were playing basically five and a half guys per game, only putting in that sixth player if somebody gets in foul trouble, and they won back-to-back state titles basically doing that. So, yeah, depth overall in high school, you're playing a 32-minute game. Um, it can actually hurt you more than help you a lot of times because you're taking your best players off the floor. But anyway, back to Carmel Shark. We got a little sidetracked there. Yeah, I mean, you got Ryan Osborne in there now, um, replacing Scott Hetty, who took the Marion University job. Expect the same type of rotation, defense, um, moving the ball. John Michael Malloy, the Butler commitment, is going to be huge in the post. Um, they trusted him with a lot of decision-making as a sophomore. They're going to play through him pretty much every possession this year. Let him make a decision. Can he score? Or is he going to let the defense collapse out of them kick out to Luke Hay, Cole Jenkins, Alex Jackson, Andrew Owens, let those guys knock down shots. So it's going to be another tough team. They won't beat themselves, that's for sure. You have to go out there and out-execute them and out-score them. Yeah, and a couple kids you didn't mention, mention that I that played roles last year, um, especially in the defensive end, Eddie Gill and Jalen Wack. Um, I think those two kids give them some athleticism. Gil can hit shots from the outside. Wax just a long, tough kid uh, who could defend any number of positions. That's probably – we probably just listed their entire rotation. but That should be their rotation, at least going into the season. I would think, obviously, somebody could step up and, uh, you know, play well on JV or something. But And another side note, Shark, Eddie Gill is going to miss uh, – first four to six weeks with a knee injury. So that'll leave an open spot. I think they'll still just go down to six or seven guys in the rotation still, though. We go from that end of the spectrum to almost the complete opposite end of the spectrum with Hamilton Southeastern, a team that routinely played 11, 12, sometimes 13 guys last year. Uh, They're willing to just throw bodies at you right and left. Um, They certainly have some firepower to make a run this year. They won a ton of games last year. Look for that to continue this year. Noah Smith, Aaron Etherington, Nick Bowman, and Mavor Majak. And it's Chaz Birchfield as well. He had a good fall. But yeah, I don't think the rotation's going to be quite as deep as it has been in the past. But yeah, they should easily play eight to nine guys again this year. Like you're saying, you got Noah Smith, third year on varsity, third year starting as a junior. Um, brings that toughness, slashing ability. Um, not afraid to mix it up as a rebounding guard either. Um, Aaron Etherington looks like he's poised for a big junior year, especially if he rebounds at a high level. Um, they're going to be really tough if he he attacks rebounds. They'll give him some extra points on the offense end as well. So should be another fun year for HSC Shark. Uh, we head down to Southern Indiana, a team in New Albany sectional that has given them a little bit of trouble in the past, Floyd Central. Uh, and they're two big guns, Luke Goman and Kobe Barnes. Yeah, I mean, that's teams have been gunning for New Albany, obviously, for the past few years. Nobody's really been able to get over the hump down there. Um, Floyd Central, obviously, thinks they have a good chance with Goman, Barnes, Evan Nichols inside. Um, is that enough to beat a team like New Albany, especially come state tournament time? It might be enough if you catch them um, sleepwalking in the regular season, which – you know, it's a rivalry game, so you wouldn't expect that. But still, state tournament's going to be a different picture if they meet up, Shark. We head up to the Indianapolis area for our last two teams. Lawrence North, a lot of, a lot of talent, a lot of offensive firepower on this team. 
losing their starting point guard from last year and Antoine Cushingberry to transfer, but uh, Kevin e- Easley, obviously. You have Mike Saunders stepping in off a good freshman season. Uh, then two guards, Dexter Schaus, and one of your favorites, Jared Hankins. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where these roles kind of you know slide down and what happens here because you have a bunch of guards on the roster who are athletic, can score, can defend pretty well. How much are they going to you know figure out who gets the ball when, who's going to figure out who can make it play defensively and kind of take the best player over there. Um, so I'm interested to see how Hankins does this year. Another guy, Tony Perkins, who got some time as a freshman last year, especially for those two. What type of roles can they carve out for themselves this year, Shark? Yeah, I think you have to look uh, one loss for them that I think is going to be really big is Rob Petty inside. One of the best rebounders in the state last year. Can Kevin easily pick up that slack on the glass um, and really give them somebody who can finish possessions on the defensive end with rebounds? Well, yeah, and then that brought up a good point. Uh, I forgot about DJ Hughes, the freshman Shark, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's going to give another rebounding presence who likes to play on the wing, but uh, at least to start his high school year or his career, he's going to be more inside, I believe, for Jack Kiefer. Uh, you talked about a freshman, DJ Hughes, for Lawrence North. A freshman that I think everybody statewide is going to need to have their eyes on is going to be suiting up for Brownsburg this winter in Pierce Thomas, but Cam Alford and the crew out there should be poised for another uh, big year. Made it to regionals last year. Uh, look for another successful year for the Bulldogs. Yeah, Steve Lynch always has his team ready to play. I think Cam Alford has been a scorer up until this point. I think he looks to be more of a distributor, playmaker for others this year. I think he's still going to be 18 to 20 points per game, but I think his passing has really improved this last year or so. Um, really sees the floor well, and he's unselfish. He just had to score a lot in the past. Um like you were saying, with Pierce Thomas, I mean, one of the most athletic players in the state already as a freshman. How is he going to score? Is he going to get a lot of transition stuff? Is he going to play off the pick and roll? Is he just going to play off Cam Alford? So, you know, as a freshman, we don't know those things quite yet since he hasn't played any varsity action. But plenty of other options for Brownsburg as well. Malik Edmonds. Um, yeah, he had a really good fall this year kind of that undersized forward that can just find crevices around the rim to score, um, give them some activity and energy on the interior. Yeah, you never have to worry about his energy or toughness. He always brings it. Um, his outside game's really improved, too, so he'll step out and hit an outside shot. Chris Jackson, Kyle Wolf, Reese Thomas, Pierce Thomas's older brother. Um, they obviously lose a lot with the graduation of Landon Hall, but um, still a lot of pieces back. I think Pierce... Thomas, obviously, being one of the freshmen, you need to keep an eye on statewide. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how they play their bigs with Wolf, Antrez Baker, and Edmonds. See who gets some minutes there. Tough to take those guys off the floor, but you, you don't want to play all three of those guys together. So it'll be interesting to see how that rotation works out for Brownsburg. Charlie. Sounds good. Those are our previews of the top teams in the state. Stay tuned for more podcasts to come. We will be uh, – trying to do these every couple weeks or so just to keep you updated and look forward to the start of the Indiana High School basketball season starting on Monday. Yeah, and if you feel slighted by any of the comments, make sure to send those on Twitter to Coach Shanley. Uh, it's at <laughs> INBBallSource uh, is the Twitter handle you need to direct those to. You can mail them, uh, care of Trevor Andershock, to our home offices. The Shark Tank and They'll know how to get it there. Yeah. All right. Thanks, folks. See you later.